Okay. Right. Welcome, sisters. Thank you for joining us again for another session of the Healing and Deliverance Discipleship Ministry of uh, Mercy Mission Ministries, which we upload on our podcast platform, Spiritual Conversation with Minister Mercy. And um, you can get the this podcast on Spotify and other channels as well. So today is our third session. Is our third session. Previously, we talked about um, the the um, the creation of man. Today, we are going to talk about the different functions of the spirit, soul, and body, because we have also talked about the different three parts. The, the three components of uh, man. So as we start, it is, um, it is through our physical or natural body that man comes into contact with the natural world. Mm-hmm. And our physical body is what gives us our world consciousness. That is self-consciousness. Yes, our self-consciousness is, is uh, obtained from our soul. The soul, which is our mind, comprises of our intellect, our free will. The soul also reveals our personality, our personality. So this is the reason it is called self. Is the reason the soul is called self, self-consciousness. It's because it's with our soul that we are aware of our environment, of, um, you know, we become conscious of what things that are around us, even in the realms of the spirit as well, we use our soul through the spirit to be conscious of the things of the spirit. So our emotions comes from our senses. And inside our physical body, our senses are embedded in our physical body. And these senses are the five physical senses we use to comprehend our environment, such as the eyes. We use our eyes to see what is around us. We use our mouth to taste, our tongue to taste things. And we also use our nose to smell things, not just for breathing, but we we perceive smell through our nose. And also our hands, we use it to touch, to feel things. There's senses in our fingers that we use um, to sense things that we are touching, like if you touch a hot stove, it will burn you because of the senses in your um, hands. And also our skin, our skin is also our, is part of our five senses. And we use our skin to perceive sensations. You know, when you, when you pour cold water on your skin, you will feel it, you will feel it. So these are part of the physical um, senses that in the uh, in our physical body, okay, the spirit is that part through which we communicate with God. Okay, is through our spirit that we use to worship God alone. So the spirit, when it is born again, helps us to worship God in truth. That truth meaning in faith, in faith and in trust, trusting that God is uh, with us okay so the spirit is what helps us to be god conscious the spirit is what helps us to be god conscious and the soul is what helps us to be self-conscious 
Okay, so God dwells in the spirit. That is, and self dwells in the soul. Okay, so while our senses dwell in the body. So these are the um, parts and the components of the different parts that make up the man, like the spirit, the soul, and the body. And then, as we have mentioned before, the soul is the meeting point of the spirit and the body. Okay, they are joined to the soul. Like, for example, let me demonstrate it now. Like now, you have, let's say you have this phone in this hand and you have this pen in this hand. And then in between, in between the phone and the pen is the soul. So this is how it is. So you have the spirit, which is the phone. And then the Bible, which is in the middle, is my soul. And then you have the pen, which is in the outer part, which is the body. So this is how the soul is in between the spirit and the body. Okay. So they are joined, as I said, the spirit and body, they are joined to the soul. You know, you can say the soul is the gate or the door that can open to lead the person into the spirit realm or, you know, into the spirit realm through the Holy Spirit. If you are a born again Christian, if you are a born again Christian, your, your, your soul have to go through the, your spirit and then the Holy Spirit for you to be God conscious, for you to have a sense of discernment of God in the realms of the spirit, okay? Then it's, it's through the Holy Spirit you will do this. And it can open its door to the outside world through the flesh. So the soul can also open its doors through the flesh to the outside world. So let's just recap. Like when you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your human spirit and you become God conscious that's how you have god consciousness that is the new creation the the born again spirit and then in your soul you have like your your self consciousness that is where you have your memory and then you have you know your senses as well because the senses that is coming from your outer body it is in the soul that it is processed before you're able to make head or tail of what you're feeling or what you're seeing Okay, so, you know, what we're going to look at now is what does the soul contain? What is, what makes up the soul? What makes up our soul? So, first of all, we have the free will. The free will is the ability to choose. Okay, the free will is the ability to choose. And then your mind is part of your soul. Your mind is part of your soul. And these are you, in your mind, you have your reasoning faculties, which helps you to understand things. And then uh, the third part of your soul is your intellect. Your intellect is where your, your knowledge, you know, where you process knowledge, where you process knowledge. And then you have your emotions, okay? Your emotions. And it is through your soul that you process the things, the sensations that are coming from your body 
it's your soul. It's, it, it's your emotions in your soul is what expresses what you are feeling through your emotion. And that's your emotion is also in your soul. And then you have your memory bank. Your memory bank is in the soul. Okay. So your memory bank is part of your soul. It's part of your soul. So your soul can be sense orientated. Your soul can be sense orientated. That is always reacting to what is five senses is picking up. What is five senses is picking up from the outside world. So that's, that is what is meant by your soul can be sense orientated. That is um, what it means is that, you know, it is reacting so much to what your five senses is giving it from the outside world. So that is how your soul can be um, sense orientated. Okay. You know, and then all your soul can decide to be, you know, word, word orientated. That's word governing. That's what that means is that your, your, your soul can decide, right, I am going to focus on the word of God. I am going to try and understand the word of God. You're going to use the will in your soul to understand, to seek God. So what we're saying here is that if your soul decides to follow the word of God, you know, so when your soul is governed by the word of God, then it becomes spirit controlled. It becomes spirit controlled, led by the spirit of God. Remember what Jesus said, you know, in his word in, um, in uh, John, uh, John chapter 6, verse 30, verse um, 63. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So the word of God contains the life-giving spirit of God. You see? So this is the, the word. I will say that again because it's very important that we understand this. The word of God. The word of God contains the life-giving spirit of God. So his word is life in it. It's, it contains life. The word of God is not a small thing to be played with. Okay, so it contains life in it. So, however, if your soul is sense controlled, in the sense that if your uh, your flesh is controlling your 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 soul, in the sense that when you see things, the lust of the eyes, you know, and your the, the, the sensation passes through your eyes, it is then processed in your brain, and then your soul reacts to it. That is what is meant by sense controlled. This is what the Bible calls carnal mindedness. This is what is called carnal mindedness. And Satan's temptations and attacks comes through the flesh and the world. It comes through the flesh and the world. Your five senses in your body picks up what is going on around it, around you, you know, what is going on in the world, in your environment. It picks it up. It then passes this information to your soul in your mind. And then it is in the brain region, in the body, your, you know, that your reasoning faculty, remember we said um, part of our reasoning is in the soul. So your reasoning 
faculties, your intellect will then analyze what your, 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 your physical eyes, your physical senses is transmitting into your soul. So it is your reasoning faculty, your intelligential faculty that will then analyze the information that is being picked up with your um, physical senses. And then it is with, then after this information has been processed, you will then use your free will, which is also in your soul, to decide whether you're going to act on that information you have just processed or if you're going to ignore it. So it is, you know, the, the soul that we use to do this. So the world is a bait, you know, it's a bait that appeals to our flesh. It appeals to our flesh. That is, Satan tempts us to take the bait. Taking the bait in the sense that the bait is something used to tempt or to trap you. It's something that will use to tempt you or trap you. And you remember what um, Psalm 91 verse 3 says. It says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare, the snare of the fowler. Satan is, a, is the fowler. He is the hunter that is hunting for your soul. And it is through your physical senses that he uses to trap you. That's what he says. He uses to trap you. So this is what First um, John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16 is saying to us. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the father, that is of the world. So when we, you know, and we know that, you know, the devil is the prince of this air. So, and so the main function of Satan is to trap you through your physical senses, through the lust of the flesh. So when he comes with his temptation and, you know, let's say, for example, now, if we, let's say, let's use this example. You have uh, a man who has a, a, a spirit of lust in him. And then you have this a, a lady that is practically naked in front of him. So these are temptations. This is, that woman is a bait. You know, that woman is a bait. And if the man falls into that trap and then starts, you know, talking to her and at the end of it, he takes her to bed, then he has fallen. Satan has got him. Satan has trapped his soul. That's how it is. And there's other things, even food can be bait. Satan can use food to bait somebody. When you know that, you know, you have eaten, but you, you have this big, nice, uh, juicy cake in front of you, your stomach is full, of, but you still go and eat that. That's what the Bible called it is gluttony, you know? So Satan can use anything that we can sense out, pick up with our natural senses to bait, to tempt us. Now let's go back and discuss more in details the connections between the spirit and the soul and between the soul and the body, okay? So when you become born again, that is you have received Jesus and you have uh, received your new spirit in you, you have received the life-giving spirit from the Lord, like what um, John chapter six, 
um, 63 says to us, you know. So before we became born again, we had no spiritual life. And this is what the Bible calls being in darkness, being in darkness. And, you know, there was no spiritual life that comes from God. That is, comes from God the Father. The Father is the one that gives you light. Anything apart from um, God, you're in darkness. But those who are involved in the occult world, they have spiritual life. But their spiritual life comes from the Father of darkness. That is why they still remain in darkness. Okay? So the Father of darkness, which is Satan, it is still spiritual life because their soul can astral project from their body and go traveling and go traveling in the night and interact with demons and even other humans um, souls. So this is how they attack you in your dreams. And this is what is called witchcraft. This is called what is called witchcraft. But when you become born again through the hearing of the real word of God, if your soul receives the word and faith comes, then there is conviction and there is conviction comes as well. You repent of your sin and ask the Lord for forgiveness, which you will always receive. So the spirit and life in the gospel of Christ now becomes part of you. It now becomes part of you. So through your new spirit, you have received, you know, you, you received through the word. Then your consciousness is now awakened. Your God consciousness is now awakened. You're now awakened to the reality of the spiritual world. You are now awakened to the reality of the spiritual world. Now, you know, when you become baptized with the Holy Spirit, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to connect your now born again spirit to the realms of light, which is to the realms of heaven. Okay. And where the, you know, you know, where God lives, where your creator lives, where your father dwells. So that is the work of the Holy Spirit to connect our spirit to the realms of heaven. And if you're, you're then this is where you then make the decision. Are you going to continue to walk in the light or are you going to, you know, continue doing your worldly things? This is where you make the decision. Once you become baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to make a decision with your will. Are you going to continue to pursue the, uh, uh, the work of God and develop that your um, new born again spirit that is quite uh, immature? So this your new born again spirit is a baby. It's a baby, like a newborn baby, you know? When we receive our newborn spirit, it's like a newborn baby. You need to feed it. You need to feed it. And what, what, what nourishment does this new baby require? What this new spirit baby, what nourishment does it require? One, it requires to be fed the word of God. It requires to be fed the word of God. This is why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that is Matthew chapter four, verse four. Two, prayer, especially praying in tongues, especially praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. 
Because when you pray in the spirit, it, it energizes your, your, your new born again spirit. It energizes it and empowers your spirit and empowers your spirit. And that's how you get growth in the spirit. Three points, the three nourishments your new spirit will need. It will need praise and worship. You need to have a regular praise and worship sessions to help your spirit to grow. Because as you are praising and you're worshiping, the spirit of the Lord himself comes in. Remember the scripture that says, God dwells in the praises of his children. So as you are praising and worshiping God, your spirit is also relating to the Father's spirit. And then the, the, the fourth point, you need to be regularly having fasting. Fast, you need to have a regular time of fasting, maybe once a week or even twice a week if you're able to, but at least once a week fasting. Because what fasting does, fasting subdues your soul. It, fast, it, it subdues your soul and then empowers your spirit. Okay? It empowers your spirit. So, in a way, it is a, a way of subduing a rebellious soul. If, if your soul is uh, sense-orientated, when you do a lot of fasting, it subdues that soul. It subdues it. Okay? So, as you continue to do these things regularly, and consistently, and consistently, your spirit will continue to grow and mature. This is your newborn again spirit will continue to grow and mature. You know, then you will get to, to the level that the soul is now controlled by the spirit. Your soul is now controlled by your spirit. Your soul has been subdued. It is now under the control of the spirit of God that is in your own born again spirit okay so your soul is now being led by the spirit of god it is now no longer you know your own will it is no longer your own will or your decisions you will carry out but the will of god the father just like what um, romans 8 verse 14 says for as many as are led by the spirit of god there are sons of God. So what is the spirit of God leading? It is leading you. It is making your decisions for you. In short, your will is no longer your own will. Your will is under the will of the Holy Spirit that is now in your new growing spirit. Okay. So this is what it means to be led by the spirit. So it's not... It's not um, the, the, the soul that is led by the spirit is a soul that is not sense orientated anymore. That is, you don't react to the things your soul is picking up from the world. Your emotions are not impacted by the senses and the things that are happening around you. Because now your emotion is under the will of the Holy Spirit. You know, like before, when your, your soul was not under the will of the Holy Spirit, somebody can come and offend you and you get so angry and you flare up. That is your emotions acting. But if your soul and your emotions are under the, 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 the control of the Holy Spirit, 
Somebody can come and offend you, but you will not take offense. You will not take offense. Instead, you look at that person with love. You will not take offense. So that means your emotions are now under the control of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the essence of, uh, or the point of this, of this thing is that, you know, when we call ourselves Christians, that's the point. When we call ourselves Christians, Christianity, what Christianity, in short, in a nutshell, what Christianity should be is the total spiritualization of your spirit, your soul, and your body. That is what Christianity should be. That's what it is, because that's what Christ was. Christ was spiritualized in his soul, in his spirit, and in his body. He was spiritualized. So that if we're going to call ourselves Christians, this is how this is how it should be. That is the three elements of man, that is the spirit, soul, and body, ideally, you know, should be spiritualized. So this is how it should progress. This is how you should progress towards spiritualizing all these three areas. One, you first of all, you need to receive your newborn again spirit through the hearing of the word, which generates faith. Okay. And once you have received this word, you have received this word, you have heard it, this conviction comes and you have repented of your sins and truly repented of your sins. Okay. So if you've, you've heard the real word of God without any compromise, without any compromise, you will, you will receive the spirit and life in that word. That word was, you know, what the word was carrying is the spirit and the life in God's word. So this is why it is very important for our churches to preach the real word of God and do not compromise. Because when you compromise, you're not preaching the word of God. And therefore, the Holy Spirit will not act on that word in that person's heart to release the life of God that is in that word. This is why you have a lot of lukewarm Christians. They don't actually know what they're supposed to be doing. They go to church, they hear the pastor just telling stories. Stories is not preaching the word of God. It's not preaching the pure word of God. So this is why people are still in darkness. So after you have received your new spirit and the new life in the word, you are baptized, then you, you become baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place. As the Holy Spirit continues to help your new spirit mature through, you know, the, the process we have just mentioned above. As your spirit matures, your soul is spiritualized, which we also call sanctification. That's what spiritualization is, is sanctification, cleansing of your soul. So by, by coming under the control of the Holy Spirit in your mature spirit, the body also becomes spiritualized itself. Okay, The body also receives what the soul have received as well. So by... By being under the control of the Holy Spirit, that is when we become, you know, immortal. Because the real, this is the real sons of God are the ones that have defeated death. They have defeated sin. They have been led by the Holy Spirit. If you're totally being led by the Holy Spirit, that means you're not doing your own thing. 
So even when sin comes along, when Satan brings his temptation along to you, you will not fall into temptation because it's the Holy Spirit that is controlling you. You are no longer doing your own thing because this is the reason why, okay, because, because you are a free human being, you still got a will. When that temptation comes, you're supposed to communicate with the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God is supposed to guide you, okay? Like, for example, if somebody's annoyed, somebody has said something that you know, if you were in your carnal state, you will take offense to, and you don't know how to respond to that person, just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, how do I respond to this person? What do I say to this person? The Holy Spirit will tell you. He will tell you how to respond. He may tell you, don't say anything. He will tell you, just be quiet. Listen to what they're saying, you know? And then you be quiet and you listen to what they're saying. And then the Holy Spirit will give you advice on how to respond. But if, it's, if, but if your soul is being controlled by your senses, it will just flare up and you react. You react. So that means your spirit, your soul, is not being controlled by the spirit of God. Okay? So that is when we become immortals, when we have really submitted to God's spirit and allowing the spirit of God to lead us in everything we do. So the, these are the real sons of God. You know, death cannot touch our physical body anymore. No sickness, no disease. We can now start living both in heaven and on earth. We can now start living both in heaven and on earth. Jesus was immortal. He was immortal. Death did not kill him at the cross. He gave up his spirit with his own will. He gave up his spirit with his own will. Like what Matthew, uh, Matthew 27 verse 50 said, it says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. What does yielded mean? Yielded means to surrender with your will, with your permission. So if Jesus had not yielded up his spirit, he would not have died. Death would not have killed him. Okay, There's no way he would have died because he did not have sin in him. It's sin that brings death. If you never sin, death will not come to you because the, 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 the curse of death is sin. When you sin, the spirit, the spirit of death will come to you. Okay, so this is why the Lord keep emphasizing that we should be holy. We should be holy. Be holy because I am holy. Okay, you cannot be sinning and be holy. No, you are not holy because what you're doing, every time you commit one sin, you have opened yourself open for the demon of death to come to you. And when demon of death comes, what does he do? He has to work death into your mortal flesh. It will gradually, gradually work death into your mortal flesh. And that death can either easily come with sickness, disease, or if it doesn't come with sickness or disease, it can come with financial problems. You can come with uh, relationship problems. So these are death. Because God has said, Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us in abundance. Eh? We cannot be sitting and death working in us and we live abundant life. We don't live abundant life. We live the life, the doors we have opened to. Okay. So as we go on, 
I believe most of those apostles were the same. When Paul finished his assignment, he allowed the Roman soldiers to separate his head from his body. The same with Peter and the others. Okay, they have finished their assignment. They, they spiritualize their soul. So, so is, is an, is, you know, spiritualizing the soul is not an easy task. It's not an easy thing because the soul has a mind of its own. That is its free will. It has his free will. It can decide, no, I'm not going to do this. And there's nothing the spirit of God can do about it. If you decide with your will, God is directing you to do something. And you say, no, I am not going to do it. There's nothing he can do about it. He'll just let you be. He will just let you be. So what it means, you have not submitted your will to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So with our spirit man, we engage with the spirit world. We engage with the spirit world through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So what the spirit of God gives our spirit, our spirit man has to go through the soul to express the power and life of spiritual realm. For example, let me explain it now. Okay. So your, 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 um, you have your baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have your newborn again spirit. So when you're praying, you pray in tongues and thing. When you're praying and meditating, your spirit goes through the Holy Spirit and you find yourself in the realms of the spirit. You start seeing visions of heaven. That is your spirit has migrated, ascended into heaven through your Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit that is in you. Now, what the Lord will give you when you are in heaven through those visions, what he gives you, you will then pass it on to your soul. You will then pass it on to your soul, the information you have received from the realms of the spirit. For it to come out. So as I was saying, your born again spirit, your new born again spirit passes through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that opens the realms of the spirit for us. Remember when we do our prayers, you know, our courtroom prayers, you see how I ask the Holy Spirit to allow me access into the courtrooms of heaven because he is the heavenly officer of heaven on this earth. We cannot see or live in heaven without the Holy Spirit, without passing through the Holy Spirit, okay? People that do not know God, people that do not have the Holy Spirit in them, you know, they are like the occult people, like the witch people, witchcraft people, their, their, their soul and their spirit have been opened up to the realms of the spirit through demonic powers. Okay. So they access the realms of the spirit through demonic powers. So when they come and attack you at night, when their soul leaves their body at night and they come to attack you in your dreams or they do things, they cause accidents, it's through demonic powers. It's the demons that have given them these powers. When they cause accidents and things, it's demons that are harboring in their soul that causes all these things. When they, you know, uh, uh, curse you or put charms in you, it's the demons that are doing these things. It's the demons that have given their soul this power. Okay? So, but for us who are born again Christians, when we access the realms of the spirit, we access the realms through the Holy Spirit. That's why he's called holy. He is holy. Okay? So, he is God's spirit. He is the light 
that will open the realms of the spirit for us. Those demons, those other, those other human souls that are going through the realms of the demonic, they are still in darkness. They don't know where they're going. All they need, all they, all they want is power. Demons will give you power. Whatever power you want, they will give it to you. Okay. The Holy Spirit will give you power as well, but this is pure power. This is light. This is God's power. God's enablement. Unlike the witches, what enables them to do their craft is demons. Wicked, wicked spirit. Okay. So where am I now? Okay. Where are, yes, I said what the spirit of God gives our spirit, our spirit man has to go through the soul to express the power and life of the spiritual realm into the physical world, to the physical world. So our physical body is in contact with the outside world through our senses, you know, your physical body affecting your physical world and your physical world affecting your physical body and the senses are then carried into your mind to be processed by your uh, reasoning faculty and your intellectual faculty for you to make sense of what you're seeing or what you're hearing, okay? So the soul stands between these two worlds. The soul stands between the spiritual world and the physical world, okay? So the soul is linked with the spiritual world through our spirit man, and, and with the natural world, it is linked through our physical body, okay? It's linked through our physical body. So the soul also possesses the power of free will, as we have discussed. Therefore, it can choose which environment it wants to relate to. The spirit, this, the, you know, your own spirit carrying the Holy Spirit cannot directly affects your physical body. It needs to, you know, it needs a gate to go through and the soul is that gate. The soul is that gate. Remember, there's a scripture. Let's have a look at this scripture. Scripture, um, Psalm, Psalm 24. Yeah, I think it's Psalm 24. Let me see. Yeah, Psalm 24 verse 7 to 10, I'll read it. It says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Okay. Lift up your heads, O you gates. So who are these gates? It's your soul. Your soul. David is telling his soul to lift up, is to open up to the spirit of God. To open up to the spirit of God and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Okay. So, what David is writing here is telling his soul, lift up so the Spirit of God can then come into my life, so I can discern what the spirit of God is giving me. Because if, if your, your soul refuses to interact with the realms of the spirit, there's no way spirit of God will have an effect in your life. Okay? 
It will not have any effect on your life. So this is what David is saying. He's telling, he's speaking to his soul to open up, allow the spirit of God to come into my life and do what he needs to do. That's what that, even verse, even um, Psalm 25 as well, verse one, he says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Okay. I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Okay. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. You see, this verse is saying, I lift up my soul. So, so I'm lifting up the gate of my soul so your spirit can then come through. Okay. So your spirit can then come through. Okay. So, and this gate was produced at creation when the breath of God touched the body. So the soul therefore stands between the spirit and the body. Okay. So holding the, 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 the soul holds the spirit and the body together. It holds the spirit and the body together. So actually it is, you know, when the breath of God entered the body of Adam, the spirit and the body, the soul was then created. That is, uh, that is why man calls, uh, God calls man a living soul, a living soul, because it's the soul that, make, that made the body of Adam, the spirit of Adam, to become aware of his environment, to become aware of his the, the, environment. So the spirit can subdue the body through the gate of the soul. So the whole man, the whole man will obey God. Okay. Likewise, through the gate of the soul, you know, can then the, the spirit can also draw the world, that is the soul can draw the world into the spirit. Through, you know, the world can draw the, itself through the soul into the spirit. So what I'm saying here is when a soul has totally submitted to the will of God, okay, it's totally submitted to the will of God. The spirit of God in your, in your newborn again spirit can control your body. It can control your body. It can control your soul. But on the other hand, if you have not submitted your will to the spirit of God and your, your soul is so uh, sense orientated, that is, it is facing the world like non-believers. Non-believers don't have any, you know, the spirit do not control them. It's the soul. It's the soul that controls them. It's the soul that tells them what to do. When they look at what is happening around them, they react in their soul, not in the spirit. So the spirit does not control them because it's only when they are born again, unless, unless demonic spirits have taken possession of their spirit, then those demonic spirits will then control them through their soul. Okay? Those demonic spirits will then control them through their soul. So in short, they'll be doing what the demons tell them to do. Okay, unlike when the Holy Spirit will tell us what to do and we'll do it. But uh, a person 
who is demon possessed is the demon in them that is controlling them through their soul. So that's why they react the way they react. Okay. So um, this is the state we were before we became born again, in the sense that we were being controlled by our soul. Before we became born again, we were in darkness. We didn't have the light of God in us. We were in darkness. So the world ruled us through our senses. The world ruled us through our senses. The lust of the flesh, that was how our soul lived its life, by reacting to the things of the outside world. But when we became born again, our spirit became born again. We had a new spirit. It's no longer the old spirit that died, that was, you know, that died when the soul fell into sin. So through the hearing of the gospel message of Jesus Christ, we became born again. Although, you know, we, you know, we have the light of God in our spirit when we become born again. But our soul is still in darkness. Our soul is still in darkness. Okay. We are born again in our spirit. But our soul remains the same. Now the soul has to make a choice. You see, this is it. And this is what they don't teach in churches. They don't teach people that they have to willingly, with their heart, totally submit to the spirit of God. This is why the scripture is always telling us, crucify self to the cross. Crucify your self-will, eh? that will that controls you, that tells you to go opposite of what God is telling you to do. That is what the Bible is telling us. Crucify self to the cross. It's a choice you have to make. God will not force you because he has given you a free will. There's a reason why he gave you a free will. Because you know what the Lord has been speaking to me about is that a man without a free will is, is not alive. He could not have created us without a free will. Okay, that means we're robots. We're robots. We have no life. It is the free will that gives us life. The, 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 the chance to make a choice. That is what makes us a living human being. Choices. Okay. So our soul has to make a choice whether to continue eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, you, you, you make a choice. It's the it, world, well, whether you want to, you know, do good or do evil. Majority of the time, the soul chooses to do evil because evil is more pleasurable to the flesh than doing good. Okay, so... You know, the soul, if it continues to, with, uh, whether you want to relate with the world in its ways or doing things which will continue to lead that soul, it will continue to lead that soul to death and the eventual death of the body. You know, death of a soul is spiritual darkness. It's spiritual darkness. Like in, um, in Romans um, chapter 8, verse 5 to 8, I'll read it. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their mind, you know, set their minds, that is set their soul, set their soul on the things of the flesh, on the lust of the flesh, 
of the temptations that are coming from the outside world, the stimulations that are coming from the outside world, this is what the soul reacts to. These are people who are led, you know, they are led by their flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, okay? So if you are led, if you are led by your flesh, the sensations you see, what you see, the lust of the flesh, how you feel, you know, people who are led by the flesh, they're mostly, hello, Sister Joyce. <laughs> okay. So those who are led by their flesh, they are mostly focused on pleasure, things that give them pleasure. Okay. They are self selfish, self-centeredness. These are people who are led by the flesh. They are led by the pleasures of their flesh. This is how. This is what the scripture is saying. But then it then says, but those who live according to the spirit. And what is the spirit of God saying to us? The spirit of God is saying to us, seek you first the things of the kingdom of God. It is not telling you to seek you first the things of this world. It's those who are led by the flesh that seeks the things of this world. And that is how they live by the flesh. And that is how they are called carnal mindedness. But if you're seeking the things of the spirit, it's about love, loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your being, your strength, and then loving your neighbor as yourself. And when you, these are things God values, God values us helping the needy, the widows, the orphans. God wants us to do deeds of love. This is, the, this is what the spirit and the kingdom of God is all about. Love, loving one another, loving your God and living in harmony with each other. These are the things of the spirit. So if you are led by the spirit, these manifestations is what you'll be displaying. The fruit of the spirit is what you'll be displaying. Okay. And the, the scripture also goes ahead and says, for to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay. So in short, what this thing is saying, what this scripture is saying to us, carnal mindedness is sin. You're just living in sin. You're living for your own pleasure. You're living for your own needs. You don't care about anybody else. And that is sin in itself. Okay. So if you continue to live in sin, what you're doing, you're opening the doors for the death spirit to come. This is why the Lord is saying to be carnally minded is death. You, what you're bringing to yourself is the death spirit. And the death spirit, the only work it has to do is to make sure that everything in your life comes to a halt or dies. It dies. There's no life in it. But when you are led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will give you life. It will give you peace. This is what this scripture is saying. Okay? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. 
No, indeed, can be. So people who are carnally minded, the enemy of God, because they are lawless. They, not, they, they, they do not obey the law of God. They do not obey the law of love. So they are enemy of God. And if you're an enemy of God, that means you're working for Satan. You're in the kingdom of darkness. So you cannot be a Christian and be a carnal-minded person. Because what you're doing, in short, you don't know what you're doing. This is why the Lord said those who, who walk in darkness do not know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. So this is exactly what the scripture is saying. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Okay. You cannot be selfish. You cannot be self-centered and then still obey the, the you know, and be part of uh, God's law of love. So that's, that's why that scripture is saying, no, indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're reacting, if you live according to the pleasures of your flesh, if your soul, all it does is uh, you know, react to the next and uh, the next thing that will give it pleasure. The next uh, where it's going to get money, where it's going to buy this, where it's going to do this, where it's going to do that. It's about doing, doing, doing to, you know, meet the needs of your flesh, the pleasures of your flesh. That's what it is. But on the other hand, after being born again, your soul with his will chooses to eat from the tree of life which is the spirit of God in your born again spirit. You start to eat from, you know, if you start to eat from that tree of life, allowing it to sanctify your soul, consecrate your soul, set it apart for God. Through prayers, studying and obeying the word of God, fasting and loving God with all your heart, your mind and your body and loving your neighbor as yourself. Daily sacrificing the deed of the flesh to the cross. Okay. Daily. Because we need to do this daily. This is how we overcome the temptations of Satan. This is how we overcome the temptations of Satan. Okay. So daily sacrificing. Like what? There's a scripture where Paul said he daily dies. He dies daily. You know. So this is what it means. You need to daily say no to the flesh. You cannot be obeying the desires of the flesh. When the flesh stay, you know, flares up, you knock it down. You say, no, this is what the word of God says, and this is what I'm going to do. Hmm? This is what it's all about. Okay. So daily sacrificing the deed of the flesh to the cross, you will have life internal. Life here in your physical bodies, because you have the life-giving spirit of God in you. You have the life-giving spirit of God in you. So this is how to get your soul saved. Salvation is a progressive thing. It's not something you get once you have said your sinner's prayer. No. Salvation is a progressive thing. Just because you, you said the sinner's prayer, that does not mean that you are saved. No way. What, 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 that, what that means is that God has given you a second chance. God has given you a second chance. 
the position you are now, you know, as a born again Christian was the position Adam and Eve were in the garden before they fell. God have uh, forgiven your sin. Now he's opened a new chapter for you in your life. Okay. So now God has given you a second chance to make the right choices. To make the right choices. Okay. Whether to, um, whether to choose to eat from the tree of life and have internal life here and, uh, and now in your, you know, in your spirit, soul, and body, or to go back to eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then death will continue, death will continue to work in your mortal body until it finally kills you until it finally kills you. So after we've become born again, this is what God is saying to us. And I will read it in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, verse 19, which says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Okay, so when we become born again, we obtain eternal life through eating from the tree of life for the sanctification and spiritualization of our soul and body. And through our spiritual encounters with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you know, in this scripture, Jesus, um, the scripture is uh, John 17, verse 1 to 3. He says, Jesus was speaking to the father and this is what he said. He said, father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give internal life to as many as you have given him. And this is internal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Okay, this is what Jesus was saying to the Father. So if you really think about it, internal life is knowing God and the Son. So how do you get to know somebody? How do you get to know somebody? It's by meeting them. It's by having a conversation with them. You know, so we get to have internal life when we have encounters, encounters with the Father and the Son in the spirit, because they are spirit. They are spirit. So like, again, John 14, verse 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we, and we will come to him and make our home with him and make our home with him. So if somebody lives with you, won't you be having encounters with that person every day? Hmm? If the spirit of Jesus and the father is in you, you're fellowshipping every day, you're talking to them, you know, you, they're advising you what to do and what not to do. So how can you be continue to live by the flesh? What it means, the spirit of God is not in you. It's either you blocked him off 
the sins in your soul has blocked them off. So therefore you cannot receive what they're giving you in the spirit. So that's why you continue to live in the flesh. That's why you continue to live in the flesh. So in Luke um, chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus says, all things have been delivered to me by my father. And no one knows who the son is except the father and who the father is except the son. And you see, and the one to whom the son wills, wills to reveal him. So it is Jesus that will reveal the father to you. And if Jesus is not in you and you're calling yourself a Christian, so that means you don't know Jesus, you don't know the Father, you don't know the Holy Spirit. Then you're not a Christian. You are not a Christian. Because it's Jesus that will reveal the Father to you. Nobody but Jesus reveals the Father. Okay? So you are given eternal life by Jesus when he wills to reveal the Father through either a vision or a dream in the Spirit to a soul that had made the choice to eat. From the tree of life. Okay. So Jesus will reveal the Father to you when you have consciously, with your will, decided that you're going to obey his words, that you're going to follow his words, you're going to do what his words have asked you to do. And as you continue to do that, the words will clean out the rubbish in your soul, the mud, the dirt, you know, the strongholds. The word of God will clean it out. Okay. So that's why the scripture tells us that the word of God is the water that washes our soul. That washes our soul. So if you're not in the word, you're not reading the word. So that means you're not maturing as a Christian. You're stagnant. You're lukewarm. And what did, uh, um, I think is the book of Ezekiel chapter 41, was saying that a stagnant uh, pool a stagnant pool will get all sort of uh, um, rubbish in it. You know, it's the same. A Christian who is stagnant, your water, the water is not flowing. If you are just stagnant, you are not growing. That is the devil's ground to come and plant his own seeds. You know, to come and plant his own seeds and continue to, you know, uh, draw your soul back into darkness. Back into darkness. Okay, so the, the choice to eat from the tree of life, that soul is in the process of becoming sanctified and spiritualized. They have the life of Christ in them. They have put away the deed of the flesh, like what um, Romans 8, 13, 14 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put death, you put um, to death, the deeds of the body, you will live. So it is you, it is down to you. It is not down to God to force you. It is up to us. It's up to us. It's actions we need to do. Okay. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons. Okay. So it is the Spirit that helps us to put away the deeds of the flesh. But first, we need to submit to him. We need to submit to him. So how does the spirit of God lead us? We are led through the faculties of our soul, our free will, our intellect, and our spiritual eyes. 
That is how we're led. And that is how the Holy Spirit helps us to subdue, to die to the flesh every day. But if you have not completely surrendered your soul and body to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the Spirit cannot lead you. The Spirit cannot lead you. And this is what happens to majority of people, church people, who say they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They go back into eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As they do that, they live in sin. They live in sin. And as they live in sin, death will continue to do is assignment in their mortal bodies because sin brings the spirit of death to the soul, to the soul that sins. So death in every area of, of their life, death to their finances, relationship, death to their body through sickness and disease, sin and death go together. Sin and death go together. So in order for the spirit of God in our born again spirit to lead us, the soul must give its consent. The soul must be willing to say yes to God. It must be willing. Otherwise, the spirit is helpless. Your born again spirit is helpless to rule the soul and body. It's only when the soul has said yes to God and submitted to God, then the spirit of God that is now residing in your born again spirit will be able to do and help your soul to be cleansed, to be sanctified, to then get its own salvation. Okay. Because initially the salvation you got is in the spirit, but it has to pass spread into your soul and then into your body. So before a born again Christian can be led by the spirit of God, the decision is up to the soul. It's up to the soul, you know, for our free will and personality is in the soul. And the soul is not yet born again. Unless that soul, unless that soul agrees to submit his will to the spirit of God, denying itself the pleasures of this world, it will not get born again, sanctified and spiritualized. The same also goes to the body. This is the state of a lot of Christians. No spiritual life. And as such, death continues, you know, to have its way with Christians. Born again Christians. Like in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we have almost finished. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. More or less, what this scripture is saying is for us to make sure that our spirit, our soul, and our body are all spiritualized and sanctified. Okay, So there should be nothing of this world found in any part of you. There should be nothing of this world because if these, your parts, your, your spirit, your soul, and your body, if they are not spiritualized, you will not be able to see the Lord. You will not be able to see the Lord because the Lord is coming back in the spirit, not in the physical. And as Christians, we relate to God in the spirit and not in the physical. This is why the Lord is saying, 
those who are led by their flesh, they're enemies of God. So if you're calling yourself a Christian and you're being led by your spirit, you're by your flesh, that means you're an enemy of God. You're enemy of God. So we need to work hard to, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify our soul. So we will be able to truly live a life of consecration. Because you cannot live a life of consecration (laughs) if you're living in sin. (laughs) That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Hallelujah. Okay. Amen. 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 Okay. So this is the session. This is the session we have for today on our healing and deliverance um, discipleship. You know, the reason... I want us to know about the spirit, the soul, and the body. So when we are then, you know, dealing with deliverance and healing, you'll be able to know the areas the enemies are attacking in our, in people's bodies. Okay. So you'll be able to, you know, direct ministry to those areas and help them. That's why we're going deep into this part of our body, our, what makes up the whole man. Man is not just one entity. We're three. Um, oh, yeah, three parts. Okay. So I'm going to stop the recording now. Then you can ask questions and discuss whatever you want to discuss. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>